Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
my Earth Camp page, and of course my Blog Talk Radio page is up and fully functioning. So the chat is also available on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. And you can also call in at 845-277-9143. Greetings, one Wapani, beloved, my beloved sister. <laughs> Greetings, Shauna Perry. Thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate you. Greetings from new listener, Valerie. Valerie Taylor, come on in, beloved. We appreciate you. Coldest 216. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm sure Michi X uh, appreciates all the love and support for the uh, video that we most recently did, Unleash the Beast. In fact, thank you, Coldest uh, 216, for reminding me. I might very well uh, put that video up in a moment, in just a moment. Greetings, uh, Craig Burns. Guinevere Reed, Alafia, Hotep, Wu, Isalama Lakeum. Greetings, beloved. Thank you for being so consistent with us. Crystal Lynn Witt, happy Monday, happy Monday, happy Monday. We must share the knowledge and the wisdom to all of our social media. Ashe, I would appreciate that. Um, I don't beg. I, I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. And so I don't often think about asking you to please click like, click thumbs down. It, it really doesn't matter to me, um, but leave a footprint. Let us know that you were here. Um, you can also share the show um, in any social media platform where you might feel the will to do so. And, and thank you for that reminder. I appreciate that. Thank you, Nathan Burns, beloved. Come on in. We welcome you. Please do participate. You can follow the link at the bottom of the screen. I'll also pop it into the chat for you if you would like to turn on your webcam and be a part of the show, be a co-host with me on the show. You can also visit my blogtalkradio.com. If I can just get my alert to stop long enough. Okay. Okay, there's the link in the chat where you can <clears throat> join me as a co-host and turn on your webcam, if you so will, and you are camera ready today. And here is the link for Blog Talk Radio, the show page, as well as the chat room, which is also live and open at this moment in time. And you can call me at 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. Greetings, Shamafia, Rageless, happy, lovely, Ashe, beloved to you as well. Thank you so much for being a consistent member and participant of the family. Uh, yes, all is a blessing indeed, Crystal Lynn Witt. St. C, I want to talk a little bit about Oprah Winfrey today, too, if you all don't mind, because <laughs> I have my own commentary <laughs> about what I witnessed on, on uh, yesterday evening. St. C, thank you so much for being with us. Nina Lloyd, you always so loving and consistent. Thank you so much, beloved. Yes, the, the Meet You X video, Unleash the Beast, was 
probably one of my most favorite projects that I've worked on in a really long time. Um, let me see if I can pull that up for you real quick. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I can pull that up. So for those of you who um, didn't catch the video before I start trying to give commentary on it, I'm going to share it with you right now. Welcome to Unleash the Beast. Detroit, Westside, look me in my eyes, on the deep one track. No, it's 
So there you have it. For those of you who are seeing it now just for the first time, you can also look at it on my uh, the front of my uh, YouTube page. Stop. Okay. <laughs> I think I got it stopped now. Uh, I appreciate you, and I appreciate your patience on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you'll have to go to my YouTube.com forward slash Voodoo Thai, V-O-O-D-O-O-T-Y-E, to view it on my YouTube page. Thank you so much, Kim Gladden. It was an excellent collaboration. Um, me and Meech is like family. <laughs> it's like family now. We had uh, so many things in common and so much uh, in terms of message and imagery that we wanted to bring to the video. Um, I know at least five of you left the room because it wasn't enough, you know, nudity and, and rump shaking and, and partying going on. But it's a new day, and we've got to move beyond just entertainment and rump shaking and partying and get back to a state, and particularly within our community, um, where we're conscious, where we're thinking, where we're creating, where we're making strides and moves for the true liberation and empowerment of our people. If you have not seen enough in the last four years, if you have not seen enough in the, in the time of this pandemic in terms of who really cares, who really gives a damn, who's really looking out for you, there's no clearer time than the crossroads that we stand in right now in this moment in time space. And SU indeed, for indeed this is SU's day, stands at the crossroads. We, we, we call him the trickster, but the trick is when we fall into ego, when we fall into selfishness, when we fall into all of those uh, characteristics, th- th- that nature that prevents us from connecting with the divine. This video was about power. This video was about life. This video was about recreation and creating. And, and people are often confused about the mysteries of Behran. And there are many Behrans. Samadhi is just one in a family of Behrans that exist. And Papagete is the day, represents the day, and Behran represents the night. They are opposites, polar opposite twins of, the, of themselves. But Behran is a little bit more egregious 
and 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 aggressive than Gede. But the but the video was about being reborn, being renewed, being rebirthed, being repowered in something that is in our memory. She spoke about Malcolm X. She spoke about uh, Nat Turner. She spoke about um, um, Mother Moses, who helped to free the slaves along the the uh, uh, um, underground um, Harriet Tubman along the Underground Railroad. So it's about something that's in our genetic gene pool. It's about something that's in our lineage. It's about something that stands up in our ancestors. And, and the idea of doing ancestor work, those of you who were here during the previous hour saw the Egungun video that I put up with the Babalao from uh, um, Ogun State speaking about Egungun and the various Egungun and what they mean and what they represent. And I often share those videos so that you have some demonstration, some representation of how these systems were practiced in their more organic environment. We're often trying to bring something of an indigenous world mindset into a modern technological, mechanical, industrial, commercialized environment. And so the videos aim to give us a hint of the past, give us a hint of the footprint, give us a documentation of what's authentic and what's real. And I know authentic and real is not popular today. Truth is not popular today. Learning is not popular today. People are angry about truth. People are upset about truth. People in their feelings about the truth. People are tweeting about truth. And so our battle is not to enforce truth. Our goal is to demonstrate truth. I'm, I'm not going to battle with you about truth. That's why I don't do battle shows. I'm not going to argue about what's truth. I'm experiencing truth and living truth. So I understand we live in a day and a time that's not interested in the truth, that's not interested in the facts. We do a lot of Googling and, and, and binging, but we're not doing enough real, real dedication and research to these traditions, which requires some human contact with elders and practitioners that are already operating within these traditions. And so you got to think about elders. Okay, I showed you a, a video an hour ago with a 20-something-year-old advanced Babalao. Use your Skype. Use your social media outlets for calling and videoing with, with people all around the world and take the opportunity to embrace the culture that's operating organically within these traditions. And, and here lately, I know I keep bringing up COINTELPRO, COINTELPRO. Understand what COINTELPRO is. And, and humbly, humbly, to a younger generation that's not familiar, please do your Googling and your binging of COINTELPRO, co-intelligence program, and what that is and how it now might be showing up in, in your life. There indeed operatives among us. We know this. We know if, if we paid any attention to the political warfare of the last four years. 
we know that there are people who are actively involved in directing your attention to the left or to the right, directing your attention away from what's important, what's pertinent, what's true to something a, a little less important. And so we know that COINTELPRO is still active, and particularly among this community, because anything that brings us empowerment, anything that brings us economic freedom, anything that brings us any sense of control of our lives and our destiny, it's deemed to be under attack. And from the inside out, so I don't get caught up in the social media battles about truth and fact and fiction, because, because the reality is, is that not all of those people are, are confused. Some of those people are determined to detour you off the road. And so those who are committed to this show and, and committed to my house and committed to my ministry and are committed to the voodoo remind me every day in the email, in the, in the private message, in the DM, to just stick to the fact. They remain with me. Those who have fallen off never had me in mind. And don't get caught up in these Twitter lists, y'all. Please, don't get caught up in these Twitter lists, particularly the ones that have all these A, B, C, D, E, F, G alphabets at the top of their profile, particularly these ones who have a profile that's clearly just political or clearly just hoodoo or clearly just root work. And there's no filling out the dynamics of a personality. We got to begin to look at these profiles as a representative of the personalities behind the profile. And some of them are clearly empty, an empty box with a name and a photograph and a few words on the bottom. And the goal is to gain followers. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The goal is to just gain followers by any means necessary, by any means necessary. So some of them do it by tweeting. Every five minutes, they're tweeting. They got an automizer that's making sure that every five minutes they're tweeting. Because who has that kind of time? Who has time to raise kids and do that amount of tweeting? Who has time to work a job but, but be tweeting every five minutes? Nobody who's doing anything real. Nobody who's doing anything out here in, 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 on the ground <laughs> in the organic real world. So be careful. And the goal is to amass lists, large lists. And there's a motive. Money, number one. Marketing equals money, number two. Popularity equals money, number three. You know, there's a motivation behind it. But Watch how often they like your post. Watch how often they comment on your post. Watch how often they share or reshare your post. And so the goal is to get you to follow them so that you're just one more tick, one more number in their massive following. And and whoever that administrator is, whoever the, the head of that, that listing group is, like we say in America, follow the money. <laughs> just, just follow the money. Um, so be careful about those lists. I, I had to pull back. Some of y'all already seen my Twitter. I had to pull way back. Things were out of control. I mean, completely out of control. And, and I have enough binging and dinging and 
clinging that goes on my computer all day and all night. I, I just didn't need the clutter. And a lot of it is just clutter. You know, people are, are tweeting their feelings, tweeting their emotions, you know, tweeting how they feel at any given moment in time space. And, it, and it's designed to pull a certain segment of the demographic in. Some of us are a little more sensitive than others. Some of us can't see crying. Some of us can't see desperation, you know, without some emotional response to it. Just like our dramatic movies, just like your sitcoms, just like your TV commercials that sell you a bunch of stuff that you really don't need. So you all say, oh, I don't own a TV. You don't have to. It's all on the Internet now. And, and it's deeper ingrained now into our lives, into our feelings, and our, into our emotions than we ever could predict, ever could predict. So be careful about that. I also wanted to um, not so much go into, you know, a whole dissertation about what I saw on TV last night, but more about some of the topics that were touched on and some of the topics that we know are still very sensitive and not just in America, because it was important for me, for me to also see as best you can from a program like that. Um, But more importantly, from Megan and and Harry's experience, um, what racism might look like and feel like in the UK. And particularly from somebody that we assumed, and I think Oprah did her best to hit on that, you know, we assumed that you all had a privileged life, had a special life, you know, and and I, I really believe she was being organic and honest in her emotional responses. I really do. So just imagine a woman of Oprah's position, experience, wealth, but still being that shocked in the moment at how racism and white supremacy still shows up in the world. And those of you who are here just for the quick magic, you know, please, I I won't be offended. You know, you can find another show, but it's all there. It's all there. This oppression starts from the top and works its way down through economics, works its way down through religion, works its way down through what you believe, what you buy, what you support, and what you are empathetic to what you are sympathetic to. And it's still startling, shocking to me, you know, that we live in a world where a great degree of people are still not empathetic or sympathetic to the plight of black people all around the world. Still don't get it. Still feel like, oh, why are they complaining? Why do they need to always bring that up? And here we have an example of a black woman, a mixed-race person of color, okay, in in what we assume to be a position of great comfort and and privilege and and niceties, and her experience was not far off from Princess Diana's experience. But her experience, as we as black people understand, was a great deal much more egregious than Princess Diana's position. Because we still don't acknowledge, one, 
that the black woman always comes to save the day. The black woman is always pushed out there to, to really do the work and then be discredited for it, overlooked for it. Well, we're not going to look at what's real. We're going to focus on, you know, what she's revealing. I see, you know, I've, I've watched the movements in social media from the UK in the last 24 hours as well. Okay. And so some of my UK followers fell off because I tweeted the whole Oprah thing, the, the entire two hours. So, so forgive me, but some of them fell off, you know, and, and then I wake up this morning to what I'm seeing in the media, you know, what they found problematic about the show, what they choose to complain about the show. And very few people are addressing um, white supremacy and racism and, and full and living HD. You know, um, it was unreal to me in, in many ways. And I'm not a, a royal interested person, Jimmy. I'm just not. You know, even back to Princess Diana, um, until it was like in your face, I, I didn't pay attention to that. Um, so forgive me, UK. Um, many of us get caught up in where we live. I'm sure there's a lot going on here in the States that you all don't quite get. And racism, white supremacy, the lives of black people and people of color is at the top of that list. And so it really brought it together for me that this is indeed a global phenomenon. The, the footprint of white supremacy, racism, colonization, forced religious beliefs can be found all over the globe from the, from the highest, from the highest to, to what we might consider the lowest, the lowliest of, of individuals. So it was, it was profound for me. I believe it's going to go down in history as uh, one of the most important <laughs> uh, interviews ever. Um, move over, Barbara Walters, because <laughs> Oprah really just took it to a whole nother level. Um, I believe they were completely organic. I, I don't believe any of the social media chatter, you know, about manipulation. And uh, I didn't, I did not perceive any of that. Um, I even believe that Oprah, as a, as a good journalist should do, um, she pushed it a little bit. And, and got them to really open up and, and reveal some things that maybe they had said, okay, well, we're going to be a little moderate on. And so they took it to the next level. And, and so I'm grateful. I think it's going to affect um, many things that we can't even envision right now, how that's going to sort of ripple out through not only America, but through the UK. Um, I expect some kind of pushback, some kind of response to that, because the world is still just not ready to accept the idea that the black woman is God um, and, and praise Jesus uh, <laughs> and, um, and, and, and that we still, still, if, if, if we don't get honest, get naked, get organic about this subject matter, allow ourselves to, to feel the, the emotion, the pain, the trauma that comes with releasing. We got many more generations to come 
uh, are seeing some really ugly stuff. I watched a news program last night that talked about the greatest terroristic threat to America right now is from white supremacists. And I know, uh, please, I know you were looking for entertainment. There's another channel. (laughs) But white supremacy and white supremacists, do you all understand the last four years have really opened a Pandora's box of, of allowing them to feel more brazen, more free, more out in the open, and, and indeed willing to be more organized and more dangerous than ever before. And some of us are just concerned about making rent or just concerned about getting our children, you know, educated or are just concerned about entertainment. And so there's got to be room for the truth tellers. There's got to be room for the more conscious elites. Right now, it's the elites in our community. Uh, it, it's not a, a grassroots fire as of yet in our community, the, the way it once was and indeed can be before. I remember during the 70s, there was a thirst for self-knowledge, self-awareness, which provided the fertile ground for movies like Roots, for, for great achievements in, in black art and black cinema and, and black book writing. And many book writers uh, came out of that. Many great poets, Nia Giovanni came out of that. Uh, great performers, Gil Scott Heron came out of that. And, and this all led to the hip hop, the rap that we understand and that we listen to and that we embrace today. But, but this is a whole generation who is not being educated on the root, on, on the source, or on the meat. I'm not concerned about that generation in the middle that, that don't care about the truth. Let them do their thing. And, and when they bump their head, break their foot, smash up their car, risk life and limb, risk playing with the police, risk playing with the, with the system, they always somehow find a way back if they survive, if they survive. They always somehow find a way back. So sometimes you got to let people, you know, get off the train and take their detour. That don't mean you got to get off the train. I'm certainly not about to get off the train. But you got to let others sort of take that entertainment, dramatic detour. I equate it to... um, a concept in recovery that sometimes people have to reach a bottom. Sometimes things have to, people have to bump their head, you know, stub their foot a few times, you know. And if they survive, they find their way back. So be consistent, be whole. Don't, don't stray off the path if you don't have to. It's a waste of time. Our mathematicians will tell you the, The shortest distance between any two points is a straight line. So if we can't get real about race and racism and white supremacy and how it shows up at every level, including hoodoo, root work, conja, any ideas about black magic and and witches, and it's it's off the rails. (laughs) It's off the rails. And with anything that's fashionable, with anything trending, it has to, re- it will, and it has to reach a breaking point. 
Uh, some of y'all are happy we're not still wearing bell bottoms <laughs> today. <laughs> From the 70s today. So things will continue to evolve. Things will continue to move on to the next level. Uh, just don't get caught up in the distraction of it all. And, and it's overwhelming right now. Um, another issue is the duplication of my profile. Understand, I have one Twitter, The Divine Prince. I have one Instagram, Divine Prince Tyamecca. Divine Prince Tyamecca. Some of y'all are not even paying attention to how these, these profiles are being spelled. Okay, there's no necessary need for, for a dash or, or a period in between the IV or the NE. And, and that's how they're setting up these foolish, fraudulent profiles. And many of this audience, y'all be on it. Y'all be on it. No sooner than it's spotted, than it's seen, than it's found somewhere, somebody screenshots it to me. Typically, they've already first restricted, then reported for impersonating, and then blocked. Don't just block, because that limits you know, the contact between you and that person. Uh, but it also prevents, uh, to some degree, others from being able to see that profile and be sure that it's actually being taken down. So restrict, report for impersonating, and then block. But it's happening in, in all of Mark Zuckerberg's platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and, and why, well, I'm not going to go into that. But, yeah, so it's happening in Facebook. It's happening in, in Instagram. I only have one profile in Instagram. I only have one profile in, in Facebook. Now, I have other pages in Facebook, and at this point, I haven't had a whole lot of problem there, uh, except for that one fake, fraudulent Hoodoo Central group uh, that's being administered out of Dubai or somewhere in the Middle East. Um, and, and it's, again, just a, a, a bunch of foolishness, you know, people from all over the world uh, appropriating, bastardizing pretending to be representatives of hoodoo, root work, conjure, things that are rooted in our tradition, things that are rooted in our culture. We can't talk about these traditions without looking at slavery, without looking at the Middle Passage. They wouldn't be here without. They, they wouldn't be here without. Uh, please forgive me. I can, I can get to talking. I get distracted. Okay, girlfriend. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You in the wrong room. <laughs> okay. But we handle demons well in this room. So do your thing. Do your thing. Um, we cannot discuss these traditions at all without looking at slavery, without looking at enslavement without looking at the, the ethnic groups, the family, the people behind these traditions. The Shamba people, they are located in northern Nigeria and Cameroon. They are an African ethnic group found in the Gangola state of east central Nigeria and neighboring parts of north Cameroon. They speak two distinctly related languages, 
the Shambaleko of the Leko Nimbari languages and the Shambadaka of the Dakoid languages, both of which are Niger Congo languages. They were victims of the Fulani's jihadi slavery in the 18th and 19th century. Things went really bad for them that they migrated into the mountains to form guerrilla groups attacking Fulani slave merchants. The Wolof people, they are found in Senegal and some parts of Mali. Their origin is widely debated. Some say they come from Kemet, from ancient Egypt, from Mero, from, from the east. But mainstream knowledge has it that they originated from the north and later migrated down south. They founded their own empire by warring made them. They found their own empire, but warring, fighting among themselves made them split, and this made them vulnerable to slave hunters. Most Wolof are Muslim. They had a violent jihad past that further exposed them to slavery either as slave merchants or as victims. The Abron people, they inhabited the border of Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana, and Burkina Faso. They were at the center of the popular Gold Coast. Many of them were taken into slavery and given a specific name in Jamaica called the Kokoromantis, the Abron people. The next group is the Fulani people. Fulanis are one of the largest ethnic groups in West Africa, and they are a nomadic tribe or group of people in nature and are present in East and West Africa. They can be found in Senegal and all the way to Central African Republic. Other places they inhabit include Niger, Mali, Nigeria, Guinea, and Cameroon. Their origin is highly debated, but their origin has been traced to North Africa. They are somehow the original people in North Africa due to their paintings in Niger, which are dated to 6000 BC in North Africa. In fact, their history is rich and full, and the Falanis embraced Islam very early. They have many prominent jihadist wars who swept across Africa. Example is Usman Danfodio, ironically as prominent as their sheikhs and jihadis in slave trades. Fulanis were also victims of slavery themselves. It was recorded that they were hugely enslaved. Some of the most popular slaves taken to the New World are Fulanis. An example is Omar Ibn Said. Abdul Rahman and Diallo. Most were taken to America specifically, as opposed to passing through the, the Middle Passage and starting in, in South America. The next group is the Mindi people. Mindi are collections of African tribes speaking the language Mende. There are so many tribes in Africa speaking Mende, therefore it's illogical to call Mindi a single tribe, but the prominent of all the Mendinkes or the Mendinka, the Mendinka built one of the largest empires in West Africa. They raided the coastline of West Africa and mingled with coastline people. 
Even some Fulanis have Mandinka ancestry. The origin of the Mandinka is largely the Sahara. Archaeology discovered Mandinka to be the first builder of stone settlement civilization in West Africa. The Mende culture was the most prominent in West Africa from 11 B.C. to 1600 B.C. The Fon people, they are the largest ethnic group in Benin Republic. They are also found in southwest Nigeria. They are hybrid of other African tribes. Oral history has it that they were formed from intermarriage of the Aja and the Yoruba, creating a new ethnic group called Fon. The Fon people created a very popular kingdom known as Dahomey, and as and are well known for their female warriors. In fact, Black Panther movies were inspired by the Dahomey female warriors, uh, often colonialized as Amazonian warriors. They were victims and victimized during the slave trade. They are the most popular in Trinidad, in Tobago, Haiti, Due to their Yoruba ancestry, they are renowned for their black juju practice in America. Their black magic origin is traced to the Yoruba. Voodoo was significant during the war of freedom from slavery. The next major group is the Bakongo people. Bakongo people are Bantu people living along the coastal region of Central African Republic. They live primarily in the Dominican. Democratic Republic of Congo, the Republic of Congo and Angola. Similar to the Mendinke, they built one of the largest empires in Central Africa. They are one of the African ethnic groups that converted to Christianity at the early stage of slavery and can be said to be among the first to have had an encounter with Portuguese trade merchants. Most Bakongo slaves were taken to Southern America or South America. The next major group of people would be the Igbo. Thank you for that. Uh, thank y'all. I, I knew y'all would handle it. <laughs> the next major group of people would be the Igbo. Igbos are native to South Central and Southern Eastern part of Nigeria. Igbos are one of the largest ethnic groups in Africa. Even though their origin is widely debated, their presence has been recorded thousands of years. Igbos were caught up in the slave trade as a result of migration of Arrow Confederacy. The Arrows migrated to Igbo land due to high demand for slaves. The Arrows capture and hunt Igbos and sell them to the Europeans. Igbos sold to Europeans accounted for 13% of slaves mined from Africa. The next group is your most favored and most popularized and most appropriated and most bastardized and most offended group, and that would be the Yoruba people. They are an African tribe of North, Central, and Southwestern Nigeria, as well as Southern and Central Benin Republic. Yorubas and Fulani are the largest ethnic groups in Africa. It is hard to tell which group is really bigger, the Fulanis or the Yoruba. They were mainly sold in North and South America. 
Currently, they are one of the most recognized African cultures, not just in America alone, but in the UK and in the Caribbean. Yoruba are found not to lose their culture wherever they go. They created shrines and worship centers in Jamaica, Cuba, Haiti, Dominican Republic, St. Louis, Brazil, Trinidad, and Tobago. And today the Yoruba culture is fast becoming a religion even among non-Yorubas in America. The Yoruba along Benin Edo culture have been dated by archaeology as one of the oldest civilizations in America, dated as far back as 11 B.C. Nimrod era. And I've said on many shows, another reason, not just that the Yoruba were primarily taken to Central and South America, but that co-relationship, for lack of a better word, between the Catholic Church and the slave owners to make sure that they were converting to Catholicism, but allowed them in their off time and their downtime to maintain their connection to, to the root of, of their ethnic groups. And indeed, there were other ethnic groups in Brazil, in, in uh, Argentina, in Jamaica, in Trinidad, then just the Yoruba. The Yoruba's dominant cultural force is their memory and their degree of, of education and commitment to study. For those who don't know, the Yoruba are the, the most educated ethnic group in America. In the Western world, some might say, the Yoruba. They hold the greatest degrees, the highest level of degrees. And, and so there's something about that Yoruba DNA that allows them to hold on to the culture, the, the science behind the culture, the practice and tradition, and carry that now into new worlds. But we know it's also now being carried into new worlds by way of the Internet. And a lot of what we're seeing on the Internet is an appropriation. Uh, it's a bastardization. Uh, it's a Botanica store demonstration of. And, and, and the goal of the Botanicas are to sell products, to sell stuff. 99.9% of Botanica owners have no study, no initiation, no experience, no practice in any of these traditions. And in many cases, don't even really care. Their goal is to sell stuff. We've created this pop cultural practice of Orisha around botanicas, technology, social media, video, and now people are burning their candles and mixing oils and doing all kind of witchery um, that has nothing to do with real organic Yoruba practice at all. And I know you don't like it. You don't have to like it. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop telling the truth, but you don't have to like it, <laughs> okay? You don't have to like it. You don't have to try it. You don't have to understand it. Keep doing what you do. Keep, keep bumping your head. Keep stumbling and, and, and stubbing your toe. And when you get ready to seek some kind of eldership, somebody will be there for you. A greeting, Chef Bougie, beloved. And, and Iba, Arisha, Mojuba, Arisha, greetings. Greetings. I appreciate you all. Neophyte, Bokor. Peace and blessings, beloved. Come on in. Uh, thank you, uh, Frida Nunn. 
um, you know, I'm trying to be creative. You know, you, you can't just tell the truth directly out loud to some people. That they, they just it's gonna go through one ear out the other, they just not gonna hear it. And I understand that I have many dinner demographics in this audience. I got people in West Africa who live and practice these traditions in this audience. I got people here in the Americas, North and South America, Central America, who practice these traditions. And so they don't need to hear the, you know, <laughs> the basics and the elementals. But I also have people who are here who have no exposure to this tradition, who honestly want to know the truth about this tradition, who are honest in, in where they are in, in the process of exposure to this tradition. So I got to be able to reach them too. But then there's that arrogant population that exists out there right now who who thinks they know it, thinks they are a witch, thinks they're doing some kind of magic, and their lives is a mess. And we know their lives is a mess because y'all keep tweeting it. Y'all keep putting it on Facebook. Y'all keep posting it in Instagram. So we know your lives is a mess. We ain't got to be there. So I got to sometimes find a way, free to none, beloved, <laughs> To, to, to sort of, you know, lay it out there. And, and there are those who would still otherwise appropriate, bastardize. Okay, their fate is in the hands of Byron Sandy and, 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 the, and the gods. But to those who might have an opportunity to hear, might have an opportunity to go back in, in, in the archive, okay, you bored, you ain't got nothing else to do that day. You might just decide to hear me in that moment, the clouds might part. I got to be consistent to the truth. And so we know that without these ethnic groups, there, there would be no hoodoo in the Americas. There would be no voodoo in the Americas. Nobody right now would be talking about root working and conjuring and black magic or, or any of the such. And the last group that was forcibly brought here into the slave trade was the Mbandu people. They are the main tribe in Angola today. There are multiple stories surrounding their origin, but the most popular of all is that a rumor of people originating from multiple chieftains from across Africa. In short, they are hybrids of different ethnic groups in Africa. They are mostly taken to Brazil during the transatlantic slave trade. They were the most popular and lucrative slave market for the Portuguese. The majority of the Mbandu warrior lords were shipbuilders and architects. They built large ships used for transporting their own people to Brazil. That is why they are the largest black ethnic group in Brazil still to this day. Portuguese had it easy with them because it was a cheaper transporting Manbandu slaves. Manbandu chiefs built great ships, which really helped the Portuguese slave merchants. And that might also speak to why they didn't bring no Manbandu people to North America. They certainly didn't want us uh, building ships and, and creating uh, 
um, avenues of freedom and liberation uh, for ourselves. So, yes, Freedom, I, I appreciate your comment. Um, we get confused about what this is, especially if you're paying attention to social media. It's real easy to get confused about this, uh, what this is. It's designed for you to be confused about what this is. It's designed for you to be taken off the side of the road. It's designed to get you to fall into to witchcraft and nonsense that's not ethnocultural specific to our people in our traditions. It's designed that way. So it, it's no surprise that many are following, you know, like lemmings to the edge of the cliff, following that pathway. But those who seek truth are willing to do the work. Are willing to do the work. Uh, greetings, beloved neophyte Vokur. Come on in. Are you with me? Or are you? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here. I'm just uh, uh, I'm so busy and didn't realize it, that I was missing the show. And there's an important topic, um, uh, especially when it comes to understanding the science behind the quote-unquote crap. All right. Um, this, I mean, because you're throwing a lot of knowledge right now that um. I literally just got into an argument with one of my coworkers. Um, he was another driver, and we were talking about a few things, and he was talking, telling me about how white, uh, not, uh, black people sold black people into slavery. And I'm like, bro, you have a very small understanding. And I'm trying to be nice about it. You have a very limited understanding of what actually transpired. It wasn't a matter of just black people selling black people into slavery. There are politics involved. There is culture involved. There is religion involved. There is trade and commerce involved. And there was a lot of crooked and shady people underneath that, a lot of pirating and a lot of thievery going on, especially with with the Catholic Church of Portugal and Spain. I mean, but like, the whole story of Queen Zinga, the Queen of uh, Angola, in the 1700s, or not 1700s, 1500s, the 17th century, it was it, just her her queenship or her kingdom, because technically she was the ruler, would explain that whole story, that whole scenario. And would explain how a lot of black people made it into California before Columbus. But that's you know, just my personal take on it. Uh, I'm going to continue listening to what you were saying while I get myself ready so I can be on camera. Thank you. And, and greetings, Keona, but give me a moment. Beloved, beloved, you're not listening to me. This ain't craft. This ain't craft. Craft is a Eurocentric Western idea and notion. This ain't craft. This is an ethnocultural way of living, way of being. That's why I went into the ethnic group. And so our next point of study might be, you know, how does God or religion or spirituality manifest among the Igbo people, among the Ewe people, among the Yoruba people? And so then when you go into those documents, you ain't going to find the word craft at all. 
You, you're not going to find the words witchcraft at all, unless it's being used in a, in a negative, derogatory manner. That's why I say it in quotes, because it's, it's not a word that would have been in existence for those people. Neophyte, Bakur, beloved, I'm, yes. I'm talking to somebody in the, in the chat right now. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> it wasn't specific to you, and I'm trying to be <laughs> diplomatic about it. Um, you're not going to find that. Another misconception is the white man created the evil connotations that we associate with witchcraft. It was an attempt to demonize our practice, our tradition. So they called what we did not just voodoo, not just hoodoo, but witchcraft. So even in indigenous culture, the Maya, the Aztec, the Incan, the the Olmec, the Igbo, the Hausa, the Yoruba, witches were not a good thing, ever, ever. And witches denote ego, denote doing things for your own personal gain without a a concept of village. Because these traditions, these ethnic groups come out of a, a, a village mindset that many Westerners don't have today. Many of you took neighbor out of the hood. And so you just say hood. So you remove the neighbor. We, we've removed community. We got the gated community, but, but then you build huge houses with huge fences. You, you got to have your own pool, your own golf course, your own, you know. And so we, we've removed village not just in a literal sense, but in a figurative sense from our society. So it's a catchphrase. came along, I don't know, during the Clinton area. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to support humanity. It takes a village to be human in the indigenous world. Without a village, you weren't, you weren't considered human. And so sometimes they sent their criminals and their offenders are out into the wilderness, and, and they would rather you count your, your, your blessings with the animals because they knew you wouldn't survive out there very long without other humans. That was their penal system for, for the murders back in the indigenous world. So, so anytime we insert craft, you're talking something that's Eurocentric. You're talking something that's Western, i.e. artificial, additives, preservatives, a fake color, <laughs> you know, just like your food, other false ingredients. And so we've been tricked into accepting fake food, fake news, fake clothing. We, we've been tricked into a lot of fakery in, in the last 50 years. And so we, we got to we, we can't bring it into to spirituality and religion. We just can't. And, and, and I know it's, it's no individual person's fault because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everybody on Instagram is, is a hoodoo practitioner. Everybody on Instagram is, is a root worker and a hairstylist and builds cars on the weekend and, and is an expert at health and, and, and wellness and bodybuilding. I mean, it's just ridiculous. We live in a time where, oh, I just figured it out. I came out of a time where labels were important. Was it Gucci? Was it Fendi? 
labels. And then we moved into a time when you left the labels on your clothes. Remember that, Neil Fibro Core? And, and you, let, you didn't remove your label from your hat. Okay. I'm trying not to be living. <laughs> okay, so now we live in a time where you the label. You, you the label. You, you tattooing it on your body. You wearing it on your sleeve. You know, you have become the label. And so it's not about what's authentic. It's about what it looks like, what it appears to be, what, it, what it's projecting to show up. And, and if you're not looking beneath the surface, with any depth, oh, my goodness. I'm with y'all. I'm just having a a momentary, uh, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Where are we headed to? Oh, my goodness. We've got to to do better. We've got to do better. Um, I said I was going to come to Keona next. Um, greetings, Keona Beloved. How you doing? Greetings. I am great. How is everyone? All is a blessing, Beloved. Glad to have your shining face with us again. <laughs> I know you've been, yes, building, absolutely. been building businesses and stuff, and that's a wonderful thing. Yes, yes, yes. So I uh, really appreciate this content um, for always, you know, I'm at home, so I'm taking my shoes off and, you know, I don't have to wear the, the girdle at your house. You know, I can go ahead and let the stomach and yeah. take my ball off I'm at home. <laughs> so um, what I love about this is that you debunk the Orisha Romans because our ancestors were forced to practice our culture and religion behind Catholic images. And so when someone speaks of mastery and they just got into it for six months or for three years, it's foolishness. It's foolishness. And then they want to mix the left-hand path, and which is self-mastery. Uh, then they want to go to witchcraft. Then they want to come back to the ATR. And they want to put it all into a melting pot. And then they want to say, this is what it is. When you're dealing with self-mastery, you are your own guy. So you can't come over to ATR and want to deal with deities and archetypes and your fear guides and your ancestors and then mix it with the left-hand path. Because when you deal with the left-hand path, you're basically saying that you're all of that. So pick one. Don't be all over the place because you don't know what your channel is. And when you're dealing with depression and you're thinking it's coming from you, but you channel in some gin that's using you. There's wrecking shop. You don't have no money. You ain't covering no ground. And you're for sure, for sure aren't changing any lives that you're not helping you in it. Oh and yet, God. what they're trying to do now is in where the white supremacists and racists have now come out. They're not trying to put them back inside the shed. You know, you got that crazy relative that's that staying in the back of the house when company comes up. That's what they're trying to do now with this new, with this new administration that we have. So we got to get beyond all this fake stuff. Pick a side. If you're going to deal with, with, this, with this witchcraft, deal with that. If you're going to deal with ACR, deal with it and deal with it in an order in which it's supposed to be done. And that's just my piece. I, I absolutely agree. And, and then they spend a whole afternoon, you know, posting their they depression and their sadness. 
and they darkness. And and that's what I, I, I mentioned earlier, that we know your life a mess because you, you keep posting it. So we know they life be a hot mess. But that gin stands out when, when you try and shine light. And see, that's one of the ways you test the spirit. You, you, you share life. You share light. You share happiness. You share joy. And if they resist that, like a vampire re- resisting the sunlight, you know you're dealing with the gin. And it's deeper than just, you know, chemical, hormonal, psychological, psychiatric. You know, it, it's deeper than that. And we've got many a gen. Some of you are willing to accept that we might have aliens among us, but you ain't willing to accept that we might have demons and gen walking among us. You're willing to accept that we got reptilians walking among us, but you're not willing to accept the presence and the reality of, of gen and how they work in nature, in nature. And, and voodoo is, is nature. Uh, Valerie Taylor asks, how do you find true teachers uh, when you don't live in areas where people make themselves known? Um, okay, great. I'm going to answer that, but in two ways. Um, because, okay, you want to find a, a real living, breathing uh, uh, a mentor, teacher? Absolutely. And, and, and that's the best case scenario. But also in the day of you know, Zoom and Skype and social distancing, um, we also have a lot of time on our hands to use the very technologies that we have available to us to reach out to a greater segment of our, of our culture. Uh, and, and that's where the whole COINTEL thing kicks in. We've been taught fear, insecurity. Many of you really don't know how to navigate the Internet safely you know, without clicking on the wrong link, without exposing your computer to a virus, you know. And, and so that has limited, even on your computer, it has limited your ability to travel out into your virtual community, into spaces that are otherwise safe to do so uh, just by a lack of knowledge. You know, there's absolute ways to verify who you're talking to, who you're interacting with on the Internet. You just got to be willing to ask some questions and, and keep your third eye open and, and make sure your security at every level is in place. Your VPNs and, and all that stuff is in place. But I, I immediately, out the gate, ask questions. Um, if you're seeking, Valerie, a, a, a dentist, an eye doctor, uh, you know, uterine care specialist, you're going to ask questions. We're not just going to assume what the sign says. We're not just going to assume what's on the business card. We're not going to just assume what's in the first couple lines of an ad in the yellow pages. Do they even still have yellow pages? You're going to do some kind of research, some kind of, you know, study and investigation. Does this person have a footprint? And see, this is an unpopular message, whether it be a healer, psychic reader, tarot reader, Baba Lao, Ianifa, ask them for their address. Google that. What's the phone number? Bing search that. What's the footprint? 
check, okay, when you do your search, it's also a date attached to that. When was it posted? When was it last posted? How long has it or her or him or the entity been around? Many of these names that's popular right now already then fell off the list because they have no footprint. Many of them have no footprint beyond six months claiming to be a reader. What were they doing five years ago? Check that. And a lot of these social media sites, um, not only do they store your information, but it's very simple to search those old posts and, and have them show up. They actually have applications that do that. And, you know, okay, you was doing something completely different five years ago. You know, now you a reader all of a sudden. And, and check the age. Be, let's be organic and authentic and honest about the age. Age matters. Age matters. And so unless you are, as the gentleman that I demonstrated during the 11 o'clock hour in, in the Ekungun video, Unless you are born in the culture, born in Nigeria, born in Brazil, born in Cuba, because ain't nobody born in the culture, particularly in, in America. We might have one generation who might be born into the culture, particularly Ifa, Orisha, you know, among the Gullah Geechee or Oyotunji village, you know, and then scattered out. Through America, you have, you know, grandparents and and then parents who might have now first or maybe even second generation people who have been born into a family and environment that live Yoruba culture 24 hours a day. It's a small group of numbers. So, so as an American or someone living in the UK, I'm not quite sure where you might live, Valerie. Um, you, we got to be willing to seek, virtually seek out practitioners, elders in other parts of the world who have a documented footprint, who have a documented footprint. A WhatsApp number is not a documented footprint. I, I'm sorry. TikTok is not a documented footprint. When we're talking about authenticity in, in, in these traditions. So, um, and, and be willing to be taught. Be willing to be inspired. Be willing to be to be open. Uh, it's kind of cliche, you know, when the student comes, the, the mentor shows up, you know, and, and and that's a euphemism. But often it's it's right in our face. But but we're looking for smoke and clouds and, and lightning to come out and manifest something. Uh, I, I don't know, but but once we check the footprint, what kind of footprint? Search the address, search the name, search the location. A lot of these people ain't got no address, ain't got no footprint, ain't got no history, don't have no background. You know, and it doesn't matter that they have fifty thousand followers. It doesn't matter that they have a hundred thousand followers. You know. More magic and, and trickery and, and, and manipulation of, of the algorithm. If, if, if you have time, anyone can amass a large following of followers. But to what end? 
for what purpose? What's, for what motivation? So whether it's on the ground, Valerie, or virtually, you got to do your homework on these people. You got to do this whole, your homework on these people. And, and far be it for me to say, I have documentaries. I've, I've been on TV shows. I've done movies. I've done TV commercials. But most important to me, I've done documentaries. Documentaries, truth-based, factional-based, archaeologists, genealogists, anthropologists, documentaries. These are the overnight sensation wannabe practitioners can't say that. And that's why they hate me so much. (laughs) That's why they hate me so much. But I've had to work hard. I've had to sacrifice. I've had to give up entertainment, socializing, doing some things that you all take for granted to gain what little position I might even have today. What little representation. And I have so much more to come. I hope y'all saw the end of MeTX video. It's definitely more to come. To be continued, it's more to come. Uh, doing the work is indeed the emphasis that any authentic practitioner needs to prioritize among the community. I've never been taught this anywhere else, and it should not be the case. Yeah, it shouldn't be. But... Uh, Again, and I'm not saying that this is the case with you, Kayla, but with anybody, uh, and particularly of a particular age and demographic, it's only, Hotep Wu, beloved, um, it's only getting their information from social media. Um, I, I can't lie. Then you're just clueless. Then you're just clueless. It's the equivalent of watching a bunch of TV commercials, infomercials. On any high subject, chemistry, law, uh, medicine, mathematics, and, and thinking that that's enough for you to have a, a, oh, a good understanding and general range of information about what's happening. And, and even in the search engines, even in the uh, various sites where people can post blogs, uh, the, the results that are showing up in the search engines, unless you have very complex filters, you're getting what's most popular, what's most looked for, what's most often typed in to the search, and you're not getting to the meat of any of the ethnic groups that I I just named. You will be hard-pressed right now to put voodoo in the search engine or root work and conjure in the search engine and find any information related to these ethnic groups come up because no one's doing that. That's not pop culture. No one's doing that every day. So you try putting Mbundu, M like Mary, B like boy, U-N-D-U into your search and then add some words after that. I mean, I, I know I got some master researchers, Orisha, I got some master researchers in the room they understand that language is everything. Wording is everything. And your order of words matter. It matters. So, so you can't put in what's common, what's popular, slang language, and expect to get real in-depth information 
about any person, place, or thing that you're doing the research on. You got to be a little bit more like an author. You got like a poet, like a rapper. You got to be a little bit more flexible in your range and knowledge of of words and those word meanings in order to get, you know, for my search engine experts out there, for you to get a much more thorough and in-depth response. And for my search engine experts out there, if you are doing what I just described, oh, then you understand what getting an education is. It's like university, because you're going to get to a point where all you're going to get is PDFs, books, dissertations, (laughs) documents, notes made by anthropologists, archaeologists, ethnographers, you know, ancestral researchers, and it's going to be like taking one of my classes. It's going to be like university. If you're going to really learn something, study something, get to the meat of something. Uh, please please forgive me, Blog Talk Radio. I did have a caller on hold. Um, I'm, not my, I'm not quite sure who that was, but the phone lines are open at 845-277-9143 for about 30 more minutes. Uh, if you don't have access to your webcam. Um, of course, Kiona and um, Neophyte Bokor, y'all can just come on in at your leisure. Go ahead, Neophyte. Yeah, I had uh, some strange experience when I first really started digging in. I mean, just trying to get myself out of these rabbit holes, I noticed that exact Phraseology is key. Phraseology is how you word your questions matters. And I didn't think it, I, didn't, I didn't think too much of it at first, but you get different results with not just the words that you use, but in which order are those words in. Um, my my library um, on my phone, my PDF file takes up uh, I don't know maybe about. I'm thinking two, two gigabytes of data on my phone. That's a lot of space. I mean, that's that's a lot, and it's all PDF files. I mean, it's all books, downloaded books um, from the kinetic science, uh, mainly uh, because I went to school for kinesiology, right? Um, and the kinesiology is where I started finding the uh, similarities in not only understanding your body, but the chemicals that are produced by your body and what activates them or what cancels them out. What, um, what does this and what does that? It's, it's all there, but it really matters on how you phrase the question, how you phrase it, which order you put your words in when you're asking certain questions, you won't get the same results when you learn how to switch up how you're asking the question. I mean, greatest example, Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great tried to ask what our ancestors or our teachers, our ancient teachers, certain questions that set them off. He came back and conquered the place, but 
they sent them off. <laughs> so, yes, phraseology is very, very key. It's almost like, you know, you can't really research something that you don't know something about, you know. And unfortunately, I, I guess to some degree, that's the truth. But even if you don't know, you got to at least know some forming and founding words just to really start your search. Uh, to use words like hoodoo or voodoo, you know, or conjure uh, or craft in, in the search engine, you're only going to get a regurgitation of more of what you really don't want, more of what's being popularized, more of what is going around, you know, what's in the latest, you know, book. And, and there are not many book authors that write about this subject that, that have a real root connection to the traditions, the practice, or the history. And, and even in doing so, they do a great deal of research of, of looking at documents, of looking at previous publications, of looking at previous uh, documentation of, of, about the subject before they even begin to formulate their idea, you know, fully in, in terms of how they're going to present their book. And so that's why you find the bibliography in the back. Often when I get a new book or, or find a new book online, I often look at the back of the book first, and sometimes the last few pages of the back of the book first, the ones after the story is done, <laughs> you know, and then the first few pages of the book before you really get into what, you know, what's happening. Uh, it'll often tell you the motivation. It'll often tell you who's doing it, why they're doing it, where are they from, you know, what are they qualifications about writing any particular topic. So people are quick to tell you it's, you know, imaginative. It's their perception of. It's their idea of. You know, it's their understanding of. But not many, unless you're really pulling from the culture, are, are you going to get authors who are practicing, operating in these traditions. Um, and, and, and then there's often the language barrier. You know, the author might be writing in, in Yoruba or, or in Spanish. Uh, there's a lot more available, unfortunately, still in Spanish than in English as it relates to Orisha. So, so even those of you with the Orisha romance, you ain't getting it. You, you're getting less than 30% of, of any amount of meat about what Orisha is. The, the Cubans and the Latin community have written a wealth of documents about Odus, about Patakis, you know, about the foundational lit liturgies that hold Arisha together. And even somebody with my degree of experience, I often can't locate it in English at all. And so I have to get the Spanish or get the uh, Yoruba and then have it translated into a language, and then translate it into a language that my godchildren are going to understand. Um, so just in the last 24 hours, for those of you who already are with me, um, I had to rewrite Egun. I, I had to redo that document because um, it had too many typos in it. It had too many inconsistencies between the English, the Spanish, the Yoruba, and so I've, I've made it I believe, um, much easier to sort of grasp and, and, to, and to comprehend. 
So for my uh, ancestral work and divination clients to come, um, it's all is a blessing. <laughs> uh, Free to none. Um, you can find it on my boot on my Voodoo Thai YouTube page. So it's youtube.com forward slash Voodoo Thai. V o o d o o t y e. And there you can find. Um, if we're talking about the music video, if we're talking about um, the Egun video, give me a moment. I'm going to have to pull it. I'm going to have to pull it out of my, um, my history. I really think the caller that was waiting on Block Talk Radio was that same idiot who tried to disrupt the chat. And so I did make them wait a little bit. But um, if it's somebody who's in the chat now who honestly had a question, comment, or request, um, you can call me at 845-277-9143. The name of the video for Egungun is, uh, in fact, let me see if I can put that in. It's called What is Egungun? A Story of Egungun Pa'aka. Uh, Give me a second here, y'all. What is a gungun? So I'm not sure which video you were referencing, uh, Frida Nunn. So I just, hopefully I covered (laughs) everything. Yeah, okay, I just put that in the chat. Greeting, Rocks. We appreciate you, beloved. Thank you so much for being with me. And I'm so honored by anyone who's here because of Michi X. I realize that some of you found me because of Michi X. And I did uh, participate in um, one of her most recent uh, podcasts a few days ago and invited uh, many of you to come on over. So I I also appreciate you for being with me and, of course, MeTX for the opportunity. Yeah, how you ask the question, divine self-healing, is everything. And, And we have to be willing to be honest enough with ourselves, human enough with ourselves to know we don't know everything. Uh, it might be more to this than I, I understand or, or have a, a, you know, have a connection to in the moment. And, uh, and then allow that to sort of redevelop how we use the search engine, how we ask questions. And as I suggested, uh, particularly if we're talking about voodoo, Akan, Airway, Igbo, you, you really got to look at lineages, family, ethnic groups to really understand um, where these practices and traditions come from and how they show up now in the new world. Thank you so much, Jennifer Anderson. I appreciate you. I do. And you all have about 25 minutes to come on in on screen or on the phone with your questions, comments, or requests. 
Greetings, J.P. Tarot. Uh, J.P. Tarot is a party to the the foolishness that I spoke about earlier, people basically using our images and creating fake profiles. Um, one of the problems I ran into is that the fake profile had my my website on it and information, had several of my pictures on it, but then it had J.P. Tarot's face on it. So, you know, when you go to report that for impersonating, um, the algorithm wouldn't allow me to report it for impersonating. I had to do it several times before things kicked in. Uh, I think it was also helpful that so many um, followers and, and friends reported the page, and I think that also helped to sort of um, get those profiles taken down a lot quicker. Thank you, Kona. I appreciate you, beloved. Thank you so much. Greetings, uh, Jody Netta, and welcome, and welcome to the show, beloved. I appreciate you all for being here. I appreciate you all for supporting me, for supporting me and, um, and, and Michi X for that collaboration. And there will be, uh, indeed, more to come. Just know it's coming is my tagline. Just know it's coming. And I want to always acknowledge, you know, the international audience that listens in and um, participates often in the show um, from all over the northern regions, uh, most obviously. But I'm always just amazed at the Asian regions and the South American regions and the African regions, and, and regions where we just assume, you know, th- there might just be a language barrier. Um, I'm just always grateful that they listen in. And I'm particularly touched by Ghana and Cameroon and the Congo, Niger and, and Ethiopia and Egypt and places of that, Kenya, um, where often the root of these traditions uh, were given birth to. I'm always grateful when you are listening and participating in the show. There's a great deal of time difference, you know, throughout the world. I, of all people, understand that. And so, you know, when we're woke, there are many people who are sleeping. When, you know, when they're sleeping, we're up and about. And so everyone doesn't, um, doesn't, uh, here and, 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 and it's not always able to participate as actively um, in, in the system. The Igbo spiritual system is Afa. The, the Igbo spiritual system is Afa. Thank you, Kona. Well, all is a blessing. We know each, we know each other now virtually. Um, me and Michi speak to very different demographics. And, and we understand and we embrace that. Um, Michi might have a, a slightly younger demographic than me. Um, a lot of my, my listeners are in their late 40s or are older often. I do have young people here and, and who listen and participate. But, but that's just my particular demographic based on who listens to my show. Um, Michi also tends to 
to dwell more in revolutionary political conversation. We tend to deal primarily with spirituality and religion, sometimes politics, sometimes everyday life, but my show tends to be more spirituality and, and religion. So with the popular culture that we see happening right now, uh, people tend to be more driven towards what's entertaining, what's shocking, uh, what's controversial. And, you know, so we, we play very differently uh, to different demographics. It's a blessing in bringing those two demographics together. Uh, I think it's also opened up the awareness uh, to some of my audience that I'm a whole lot more than what you just see on this show. <laughs> and I don't spend a whole lot of time in, 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 in my politics and sort of my revolutionary, you know, kind of nationalistic uh, mindset, but it's there. And those who know me off air know that I tend to get into that and spend a great deal more time in that arena on the ground. So I'm concerned about what's going on in politics. I'm concerned about who's running for office. I'm concerned about who's voting or not voting. I'm concerned about people having access to to housing and clean and healthy water and food. I just don't do that kind of show. And so I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about that in this particular uh, audience. Sometimes I'm invited to do other podcasts, uh, and that gives me an opportunity to speak more, you know, to those to those other topics. So, um, yeah, uh, Michi X audience um, also I think is sort of new um, to ATR traditional African-based religious systems. Um, and and many of of what is swirling around, uh, other than you know the hoodoo and conjure and witchcraft and foolishness that you often see in, in social media. So again, I'm grateful for that opportunity, you know, to bring a, a diff- different demographic to the meeting, to, to possibly bring some elders together with some younger people, new friends, you know, together. And um, I look forward to the projects that you all are going to see coming out uh, in the future. Yeah, um, it's very scary on Instagram. Um, another part of the of the con that I didn't speak to is, um, you know, many of you have had the the sort of the babalao showing up in your in your DM. And I explained that before. They understand that you all are, if you comment, like, follow, participate, you know, on any of my platforms, they already assume you to be of a particular demographic. And so they go down your entire friends list on Instagram and add every person they can. That, that's why it's critical to block these people as soon as possible so they don't have access to your friends list. They follow everyone on your friends list. And listen, even if you have a private profile, your friends list is not locked. Your, your friends list is wide open. So, so it doesn't matter if you got a private account. They, they go down your entire friends list and then spam everyone on the list. Either a direct spam, you know, hi, 
you know, or, or some link or spam by way of, you know, offering services or creating a, a friend connect, adding those friends, and then ultimately selling them. Uh, another trick to that is they come out with a completely generic profile with little to no information on it because they know that we're now on to them and, and, and are blocking and are spamming them. So they create a generic profile and then amass 5,000 followers, you know. Uh, no, then they follow 5,000 people, but they only have 14 followers. They only have 12 followers. And then at some point, they switch the picture, change the name to profile, and, and now it's a reader profile and, and a, a, a tarot worker profile. Another trick is, because many of you guys, you know, are weaker than you admit to publicly, is the porn star profile. I get at least four of those a day, and, and it's a, a very porn star-looking profile, usually with zero followers. They're not following anybody. They have no posts, uh, but then they create a, a group message, and they hit you up in the DM, and it's 10 other random people in the group message, assumed to be 10 other random people. Again, it could be those generic profiles, and then all of them copy and paste your entire friends list, and then all your friends get it. So you all got to be careful about, you know, responding to these requests, not doing any kind of homework on these requests. I don't add anybody who I don't look at. I'm serious. I don't add anybody. I don't care if it's just a random profile. I, I, I need to look at your profile. How many pictures, how many followers, how many friends, what do it look like it's going on? Because a lot of these profiles are selling products now. Whole page full of sunglasses. Whole page full of, you know, unless you, uh, Zakia, here in New Orleans, who designed her own brand of tennis shoes, you ain't got no business with a whole page of gym shoes and you're not a gym shoe salesman. You know, so listen, I hate to say it, but I, sometimes I hate to tell the truth. And the truth is, this wouldn't be happening without the audience. This wouldn't be happening if it wasn't successful to the audience. They wouldn't be creating all these fake profiles if you all weren't so easy to follow them. I've caught some of my followers following the fake profile. And I asked, why are you following the fake profile? Oh, well, I didn't know. What well, was not to know? I've been saying I only got one Instagram for at least five years. Because this ain't the first time this has happened. And then when I do post it, and then a week later, you, you come back with, oh, I didn't know. You become suspect to me, bro. <laughs> you become suspect to me. And so, yeah, I did a little cleaning, you know. And, and listen, I'm not offended. Some of y'all didn't jump ship since I cleaned my, my Twitter. Some of y'all didn't jump ship while I'm still processing every person that I'm following on Instagram. But you didn't like anything anyway. You didn't reshare anything anyway. You didn't support anything anyway. And the same thing in Twitter. During this political season, from, from everywhere from here to the UK, people were amassing followers, amassing followers, gaining as many followers as they can to make some sort of political point. And now that 
you know, that has either passed or we're now moving on to the next thing. I think the Brexit people are still worked up about that. But those people ain't interested in you. Those people ain't clicking like. They're not sharing. They're not paying attention to anything you post, but they need your number so that they have 100,000 followers so that somebody else gains some final destination. Often, something with a paycheck attached to it. So we got to be we got to be much more conscious about how we maneuver in social media. You know, so the folks that have fallen away continue to fall away. You didn't care anyway. <laughs> I'm actually using something that is built into Instagram and helps you to determine uh, people who are least active with you in a 90-day period. And I'm going back a little further than the 90 days. Some of y'all ain't been active in, in a year. In two years, and so it's it's time for me to stop following you. And you can always continue to follow me. But um, the Goddess Initiative Twitter is just as scary as Instagram, just in a in a very different kind of way. Now, what I like about Twitter is it's almost like the aggressive driver. Y'all have a false sense of uh, autonomy. You you know, even if you got tenant winners, you think you can't be seen, you think, you know, you can't be identified, you know, you cuss, scream, throw stuff, act a fool, drive, you know, it's a mindset behind aggressive driving. And that's what I see on Twitter. Twitter is is a whole highway of of aggressive drivers. And they're throwing out what they ate, what they threw away, (laughs) how they feel, you know, about any person, place, or thing, or even themselves. And then five minutes later, they're selling you on their mastery in hoodoo and conjure and candle work and, and spirit work. And, you know, they got space available, you know, in the next hour for you to come and get your reading. And then when, you know, five minutes later, they're back to regurgitating foolishness. And so Twitter is, is a lot as scary and dangerous as Instagram is, but in a very, very different kind of way. I like Twitter because you indeed can interact with people, even celebrities, even politicians, in a very open and honest way. You got to be quick on the trigger finger in, in, in Twitter. And, and you have to be discerning about who you're following and, more importantly, what you're posting. Um, you can't expect a celebrity to see you post your ass all week to then want to be friendly with you and discuss politics on, on Saturday, you know, post and discuss recipes on Sunday. It's, it's just not going to happen. Um, I think there's a, a population that forgets that this is a part of our identity. I mean, this is a part of your market of beast number because you got an ISP address, <laughs> So everybody got the mark of the beast. Everybody got the number. It's, it's in your hand. <laughs> it's in your hand, okay? Or, 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 it's, or it's in your, your forehead. It's in your, it's in your desktop. It's, it's in your connection to the highway, you know? So while y'all are still worried about state ID, driver's license, nationalized ID, it's right here. It's right here. 
and they can follow you, find you, locate you, you know, figure out what you didn't ate, what you didn't did. It's it's in your device, you know. And, and y'all know I'm not a conspiracy theorist kind of teacher. So so I'm not trying to scare y'all. It's the reality. Because I'm not scared. I'm not saying or doing anything in, in demonstration, both on or off the air, in any device that I can't stand up to, that, that I can't speak right out to your face, that I can't regurgitate back in a court of law. I, I, I'm not, I don't have a split life. I don't have multiple personalities. Meaning I don't have a dozen usernames. Some of y'all got, listen, I know people personally that got 20 active profiles on Instagram. And they use the various personalities of these 20 different profiles. See, this is what got me in trouble two weeks ago, um, Neophyte Bokur. And they started, because I said this, and then they started playing with my Instagram. They got 20 different profiles on Instagram, commenting, liking, resharing each other. And, and that's how they build this $50,000, $60,000 follower scenario. And some of y'all not paying attention. So, so they got 50,000 followers. What's being posted? Are they selling something? Are, are they teaching you something? Are they offering you something? What's being posted? And so we confuse popularity with authenticity. We confuse popularity with doing something real in the world. And and as um, I think it was Keona said, a lot of these people broke. We we ain't got to have access to your account. You posting it. They 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 have no job, no income, no sense of get up and self esteem. No sense of let me create a business for myself because I don't like jobs. Ain't nothing. Listen, that was me at fifteen. A job? Are you a job? <laughs> okay. But I also knew better that skill, talent, that is a job if you go at it like a job. And that requires some of the stuff that y'all don't like: facts, knowledge, information, studying, research. I don't care if it's hip-hop, rap, any successful hip-hop artist is going to tell you it's a full-time job. They, they had to research. They had to study. They had to learn. Even if it was hard knocks, even if it was from experience, and you fall, you bump your head, you get your ass up, and you keep moving. It don't drop down in your hand. It don't fall in your plate. It's not in the lotto ticket. Oh, my God. It's not at the casino. Okay, the casino is designed to make money. The casino is not designed to give you money. Understand that, okay? It's designed to take your money. It's the modern-day pimp. Okay, bitch better have my money. Okay, and that's your casino. That's your lottery. That's your, you know, there are no quick exit into having the life that many of you desire and dream of. It takes real hard work. Real hard work. I like the new Hip Hop Chronicles. Is that what it's called? 
it's a it's a reality show, and and each week they have a different hip hop artist on, talking about their history, their experience, what they saw, what they lived through. I might have the name wrong, but um, I think it's called Hip Hop Chronicles, um, and I'm not sure what network it's on, so I'm gonna have to get back with you on that. But they're telling the story, Big Deb and. Lil' Kim, I mean, they're telling the story. Dr. Dre, they're telling a real story about what we had to do, how we got from there to here. <clears throat> and some of them admitting to, to crimes and criminal activities and, and doing all kind of nonsense that they clearly seek to separate themselves from today, that they work extra hard to do community service and education to, to try and prevent somebody else from doing it today. Okay, but the streets is now the superhighway of the internet. Hello, <laughs> and everybody's here, from from your, from the brother and sister that's incarcerated to the brother and sister that probably should be incarcerated to to the mama, the grandmama, the lady. Everybody's here. The streets is now in your house and connected to your your power supply. So we we got to be much more conscious in our activity, much more conscious in our desire to learn, much more active in our in our homework building skills. You know, person, place, or thing. Even if I'm buying a, pro- a product off of a- Amazon, a whole bunch of stuff come up. And sometimes a whole bunch of suppliers come up. Oh, yeah, okay, open tab to this supplier location. You know, what's their history? How many of y'all even look at the ratings when you buy a product? I do. Who said what about it and should I really buy it? That's why my own five-star ratings are so important to me. It has everything to do with the value of my service, the depth of my service, what people are gaining. And look at the dates. Consistent dates, consistent footprint, not just last month, not just last year. Not just five years ago, you got to be willing to do some homework on these people. That's cramming hoodoo and root work and kanja and voodoo and no why and orisha down your throat. Down your throat. Just because it's a shop, don't make it a temple. Don't make it an elay. Don't make it an active house. Just because it's a tour guide in, in, in the middle of Congo Square, don't mean he have a house. Don't mean he have a, in a community. Don't mean he's operating actively involved in the process of voodoo in New Orleans at all, at all. So if the consumer is smarter, they're forced to change their behavior. I don't care what we're talking about. Person, place, or thing. If the consumers get smarter, then the babalas will stop showing up in your email. They'll stop duplicating people's profile. They'll, they'll find another way um, They're going to find another way in But, but that road Is closed um, I'm about to move around y'all uh, Keona I, I so am grateful For your shining Your goddess presence on us Today well, Thank you for having me Thanks, I appreciate it You know this is, this is much needed You know a lot of us are too smart to be good dummies out here. You know, what they say, if you see a sucker, make it. And these people are playing you, and they're playing you for stupid, taking your coins, 
and telling you something that they don't practice, they don't live in, and then when you see them crying, they tell you to have faith. That's right. So you have to know what's real and what isn't. And if you're not sure, don't do anything. Right. Drop your anchor, hold your peace, keep researching, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. And I like what Keona just said. You know, y'all not crazy. Y'all, y'all not ignorant, you know, but they get you at the, at the emotional level. They get you when you're flipping. They get you at, you know, well, it's got the right look to it. it this must be okay. No, it ain't okay. And when they start duplicating profiles and, and, and whatnot, they pull the elements that they know you're going to just gloss over quickly. Okay, so if it's my page, how come it ain't got none of my regular followers on it? All these all these phony pages got a complete list of followers that I ain't never heard or seen before. And ain't connected to none of us because they believe they, they can hide. If I don't follow his followers who have other followers following those followers, I won't be readily found out. I won't be readily seen. And unfortunately, this audience it's just too erudite for that. Because <laughs> y'all be on it. Some of, I'm telling you, they be on it, um, uh, Neophyte Bokor. They be all in my DMs. They already got the screenshots. They have already reported. You know, they, they didn't turn these people around and upside down every way but loose. You know, and often it's something as simple as D-I-V-I period any. Something times it's as simple as, you know, one, two, three, add it to the name. That, that's another dead giveaway. Profiles that have numbers in the name. Profiles that have numbers in the name. And if y'all are using your birthday, I don't think anybody does that. Use their birthday, their birth year. Well, I, I couldn't find, you know, Peggy, so I'm, I'm going to do Peggy 1968. You can't trust those profiles. You, you just can't. Not today, not not in 2022, 2021, going into 2022. You you can. So we've got a real to... spiritualist doesn't have ego. A real spiritualist is not accessible. You have to make an appointment. You have to follow protocol. There's rules to this. So you have somebody and they have a group chat and they have 500 people on and they're just reading tarot. Where's the system? Who did you usher in? How did you open it? Who, who, you just turning over these cards and just giving readings to women people. So you have to be careful. And also, too, with people, and I know you all out here with these trolls, you don't know people's spiritual links. Leave people alone. Drink water. Quit lying. Take a bath. And mind your business. And quit lying. Because you're going to end up getting yourself hurt and you're going to continue to stay broke. And quit lying. Great value is good when you cannot afford it. But mean brand food tastes better. Mind your business. Get your coins up to where you can go and buy stuff of value. Where you can have your own identity. Because you're too busy trying to be a cheap copy, trying to be like the divine prince. And you're missing your own path and your own journey. And your own blessings. Keeping your things off of your feet. 
Sitting here track down in your head to where your hair weed gonna look it look real and get with it. It's a whole life to be lived. And I meant everything I said that they have it alone. But I'm serious about this culture and this past and what you've gone through. They wanna sit there and look at where you are now. But no worries, where were they when you were roaming the streets as a teenager? Where were they then? Not born. Not a boy, not born, not alive. The, the the complainers in Twitter and Instagram and Facebook wasn't even alive. Wasn't even alive. Or was under the fifth grade when I started out this journey. Um, I try not to go there, but Keona speaks to a particular demographic in our audience that needs to hear it like that. And that's why I love her and appreciate her. Um, but man, drink more water and, and just quit lying. Just quit lying. And, and, and not to me, not to the internet, but to yourself. Just, just be more honest with yourself. And, and, and those doorways will open up. Those opportunities will open up. Those mentors will come forward. Just, just quit lying. And as long as we're lying about our growth, where we are in the system, how much we really know, how much training we, we really have. Y- y'all are allowing these gen to come in and, and play play right along with you and, 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 and create this elusive, elusive illusion that you're living in and, and continue to live in. And I, that's not a read. Y'all are posting it. Y'all are posting it. So I'm grateful, y'all. I got to move forward. I'm so dehydrated right now. I think it's that COVID vaccine. Uh, well, you're going to have to lay down and get some rest. Um, you know, I'll be here tomorrow. Um, I'll be calling in from a different location because I'll be at the office tomorrow. But um, I'm going to be present and, you know, making my responsibility to show up more because this is much needed for my life and my path. So I thank you all for having me. And I'm grateful for you. Uh, as well, Neil Fight Bakur, thank you for sitting with us. And um, thanks for having me. I'll be here tomorrow. All is a blessing. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for being ever present and for sticking with us, even in those moments when y'all can't see what's going, what's going on. I appreciate you uh, being here in a consistent archive for the show. Congo Square. The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our host, the almost Indians, they pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 
1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Le Place de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is, hail Congo Square, Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world harrowed by the beat. Be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums. Heart beat, heart beat, heart beat at this place, at this place. Be heart beat, beat, we beating place in new world space. Beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk. Our music, the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together. Circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end. Connected together and singing, ringing, Singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be bonza music. And sing song words which have 
No English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, Deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us. To remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now. And still, this sacred ground calls us. To remember, to beat, to be. Beat Congo Square. Be Congo Square. Beat Be Beat Be
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.